Welcome to Fine Rambles, number 77. Okay, story time. When I was in college, a young, callow, stupid youth, inexperienced, naive, idealistic, wet behind the fucking ears, I I was infatuated with one of my classmates. Let's call her, let's call her Lucy. It was, I think, a pretty typical 19-year-old infatuation. A little bit of starstruck, a little bit of puppy love, a little bit of lust. And, you know, you mix them together. It's a pretty typical teenage, (laughs) pretty typical teenage recipe for disaster. But I, I did a bad thing, and I did a bad thing, I think looking back because I was so foolish and naive. The bad thing I did is that we had become friends, we shared some classes, and I like to think we got along okay, you know, in a sort of we're both at college kind of way, and there was... There was an aspect about her that I had heard other people talking about unfavorably. And I, being, you know, the wet behind the ears dipshit that I was, figured that it would be a great idea to tell her. (laughs) Because, you know, people want feedback. And if they're doing something that strikes other people the wrong way, they would definitely want to be told about something like that, right? No, 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 no. And so that's what I did. One day, I I told her what this thing that other people didn't like about her necessarily. (laughs) And of course, I didn't manage to say it diplomatically. I didn't manage to say it smoothly. I said it essentially in a way that was cruel. And she started crying, and that was basically the end of the friendship. And it really hit me hard. And I know that sounds strange, because I was the one who had done the bad thing, and she was the one who was hurt. But I was the one who my bad action really tore up inside. And I spent, you know, let's put it this way. I had never really seen someone in pain before because of something I had said or done. That was a new experience for me. I did something that made someone else hurt. I had done a cruel thing. I had done a bad thing. And therefore, I thought, I was a bad person. And it took me years of thinking about this before I got it straight in my own head. And here's what I think I figured out. First of all, it's very important to define guilt versus shame correctly, in my opinion. And so guilt is when you do something bad, and you recognize that it was a bad thing that you did. But shame 
shame is deeper. Shame is when you do a bad thing and you think doing a bad thing makes you a bad person. And here's the rub. If you do a bad thing, that's fixable. You can apologize. You can try to make amends, right the wrong, essentially. But on a deeper level, you can try to become a person who doesn't do bad things. But then you have shame. (laughs) And shame, if it gets deep enough into you, is something that can go very sour and very wrong. Because when you have shame, it's not that you did a bad thing. It's that you are tainted. You are a bad person. And that's intrinsic. It's something that cannot be solved. It's your nature. It's who you are. And that is an incredibly destructive feeling for all sorts of reasons. For example, uh, if you're a bad person, you might just give up. You might despair. And you might say, if I'm a bad person, then I should start doing bad things deliberately because after all, that's just who I am. And if you have shame and you think you're a bad person, then you may stop trying to become a good person. You might say, this is who I am. I can't change who I am. I'm just going to steer into this. I'm certainly not going to make an effort to change. I'm certainly not going to make an effort to improve. Why should I? I'm intrinsically a bad person. My realization was that guilt is a good thing. When you feel guilty, that's a signal from your body telling you there is a problem. When you touch a hot stove, the pain you feel is a good thing. It's your body telling you to take your goddamn hand off the stove. And guilt's the same way. When you do a bad thing, you want to know you did. And then you can take your hand off the stove, metaphorically. You can stop doing bad things. You can, again, make amends. You can try to become a person who does good things and doesn't do bad things. So guilt is good. Guilt is a feedback mechanism that steers us in the right direction. But shame, I think shame is purely negative, purely destructive. And in a sense, it's a mirage. It doesn't exist. And here's here's what I mean by that. Nothing you do makes you irretrievably a bad person. There is nothing you can do that warrants the emotion of despair. There is nothing you can do in the language of religion that irretrievably damns you to hell. But, 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 here's the rub. The only person who can throw you into hell is you. It's not the bad thing you do that damns you to hell. And again, here, I'm not talking about some metaphysical 
pit of fire and brimstone and pain, physical pain. Again, that's obviously a fable or a myth we tell to children to help them understand. But that doesn't mean that hell is not real. Someone who is in hell is in hell wherever they go. They carry hell around with them. And there are people all around every day who are in hell. And they're in hell because they did a bad thing and they despaired. And their, how can I put this? Their, their healthy guilt curdled into shame. Curdled into shame. And that shame, if it's left to sit and rot enough, eventually breeds self-hatred. And self-hatred grows and grows, and then it projects itself into the external world. And that makes us bitter and resentful, and it makes us hate other people. We take our self-hatred and we project it onto others. Shame makes the mistake of believing it can never be it can never be cleansed, it can never be expunged, that that redemption is an unavailable grace. And the result of that is you trap yourself in hell. You trap yourself in this cycle of hating yourself and others. Okay, so where are we? Let's say I do a bad thing, which I do every day. There are two paths from that that are very negative. The first path is to forgive myself out of hand. And it's to say, Matt, you did a bad thing, but you're not a bad person. You're a good person. You're a good person. But that's wrong. Just because I'm not a bad person doesn't make me a good person. And forgiving myself for things I have done wrong is not the way forward unless the forgiveness is accompanied by change. We seem to have confused the ideas of forgiveness and acceptance. If I say, I forgive you, I am not saying, please continue. It means, it means a fresh start based on the belief that the bad behavior will stop. <laughs> Does that... Does that make sense? If I forgive myself for doing a bad thing without realizing that I have to change, I'll continue to do bad things. I'll get, I'll get stuck in this sort of loop of being cruel, forgiving myself without changing, and then, again, being cruel. So if I do bad things, but I think I'm still a good person, that's wrong. That is not the way forward. But it's also wrong for me to tell myself that I did a bad thing and therefore I'm a bad person. That's the second mistaken path. That's, that's the dangerous 
downward spiral of guilt turning into shame, which turns into self-loathing. So those are the two wrong paths. So what's, what's the right path? What's the middle path? Well, when I do something bad, I have to change my behavior and hope that given enough reps of doing the right thing, that I will become the kind of person who does the right thing more easily, almost automatically. And that is about as close as we're ever going to get in this world to just being a good person. But the point of forgiveness is to dig ourselves out of that spiral of guilt curdling into shame, curdling into self-hatred. It's a fresh start. It's a redo. And I think Catholics have this addressed pretty well with the ritual of confession, which is just what I've been describing. The admission that you did a bad thing, the addressing of the bad thing through a deed, which tends to be prayers, you know, which maybe doesn't go far enough, but at least it's a start. At least it gets you in the right mindset. And then being told that you are free of sin again. Forgiveness is, it's the getting back up of the growth mindset. And I think it's the most difficult part of the process of self-improvement. So, <clears throat> so that's where I come out. I'm not a good person. If I, if I believe I'm a good person, that is going to lead to the, to the smug, smug complacency that will let me be cruel over and over again in this infinitely repeating loop. But I'm also not a bad person. <laughs> if I thought I was intrinsically bad, that would lead to the, to the shame spiral, <laughs> the shame spiral that leads to despair. And that leads to me, in the end, imprisoning myself in, in my own private hell. So I'm neither the good person nor the bad person. I'm someone who did a bad thing, who continues to do bad things, but I'm also the person who has the capacity to change, who has the capacity to improve, who has the capacity to do good things. Okay, that's all I got. I'll catch you next week.